This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. I'm going to minister to you today on a subject of faith. And my title is Fight the Good Faith Fight. Amen. Can you say that three times fast? Fight the Good Faith Fight. Amen. And if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to 1 Timothy uh, 6, verse 12. Amen. And uh, in this scripture, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Today, my goal is to help you to understand how to walk victorious in this life, and I'm going to say this to you, if you're going to walk this Christian life for any amount of time, you're going to find out that you're going to be in a fight every once in a while. There's going to be opposition that we're going to deal with in our walk with Christ, and, and we're going to be dealing with, with things, and, and some people, you know, they, they may not understand why things happen to them, why Bad things happen to them. Sometimes people blame God. You don't ever blame God for what's going on in your life if it's negative. Amen? You always want to believe God and not blame God. You know, I think about Job. And, and you know, Job was dealing with a lot of problems in his life. And, and he was dealing with problems. And, and Job was, you know, wrestling with the idea of, why bad things was happening to him. If you ever study out the book of Job, you find that he had some friends that would just tell him, this is why this is happening and this is why. And Job caught up, got caught up in the whys of life. And, uh, you know, we don't need to get caught up in the whys of, of life. And, 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 and when you study out the book of Job, you find out that God actually speaks to Job in a whirlwind. And, and God tells Job, you know, asks Job lots of questions of, of how God did this and how God did that. and how see, God never told Job why. Think about this. He never told Job why he was going through a problem. But God did reveal to Job that he is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. I'm going to say this. Instead of asking why, ask what Shall I believe when I don't know why things are happening that's bad? In other words, you got to get to a point, and I believe that Job got to the point when God spoke to him that instead of asking why, he, he decided to trust God no matter what it looked like in his life. And I'm going to say this, instead of why, you have to start trusting God like Job. And, you know, God gave Job some revelation, told him to pray for his friends. A lot of times what we need to do is when we're going through a trial or a tribulation, we need to get our eyes off of us and get our eyes on being a blessing to somebody else. Can I get a witness in the house today? And God told Job to pray for his friends. And guess what happened? God turned Job's captivity around. And I'm going to say this today, if God can turn Job's captivity around when he was dealing with some negative situations, some negative circumstances in his life, then God can turn your situation around. 
Amen. See, you're going to have to learn to fight in this life. Do I have any faith fighters in the house today? Do I have anybody that can stand and fight the good fight of faith when negative things are happening and we can't even explain why they're happening? No, we have to learn to trust God anyway. We need to put our trust in God no matter what negative things are happening. Now, Job didn't have the revelation that the devil was coming against him. He didn't have the revelation of that. And and Job didn't have the revelation that his own fear brought in some of the negativity into his life. Because the Bible says in Job 3.23, the very thing I feared came upon me. He didn't have it. Why, why did he fear? Because he wasn't truly trusting God. And we saw that through the whole process of Job's life by asking the question, why? But Job finally got to a point where he trusted God. Don't let anything ever get you to turn you loose of your faith in God. God is never wrong. God is always right. God is always good. And God is never bad. Amen. And God is not not doing it to us. See, 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 Job didn't have that revelation of the devil. And sometimes we when we go through things, we think that God is 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 behind everything that comes down the pike in our life, that somehow God is behind it. But no, no, we understand that there is a fight and there is a devil trying to destroy our faith. See, the only way you can please God is by faith. The Bible says that that it's by faith we please God. So what is the enemy trying to do? It's to get us out of faith. In 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 5, this is really good. This is is Paul, and he's he's raising up Timothy, and he's, he's in the last days of his life, and he's writing to Timothy to encourage Timothy. And to to definitely encourage us, because Paul's about ready to depart. He's about ready to go to heaven. And we know that Paul was martyred for for the kingdom of God. And in 2 Timothy 4, verse 1 through 5, uh, Paul says this. He says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. So when we look at this, we know that we're all coming to a point where we're all going to be judged. Hello. We're all going to be judged. We're all coming to that judgment point. Amen. And uh, and we're going to be judged for what we've done in the body of Christ. Amen. And then he says, preach the word. See, I'm going to say this to you today. You are in a word church. You're not going to get my theory. You're not going to get my opinion. You're not going to get what Dr. So-and-so says or what, what, what this theologian says. No, you're going to get what the Word says. Amen. And if you're going to win in this life, if you're going to fight the good fight of faith, you're going to have to fight it with the pure, unadulterated Word of God. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? You, you need the Word more than you need opinion. You need the word, then you, then you need uh, sympathy. You need the word of God, and it's the word of God that will change you. And he, and he says, preach the word, in, uh, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, 
rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. So, so he's not just saying that to Timothy, a, a young pastor. He's saying that to all of us. Amen. We need to convince ourselves. Sometimes we need to rebuke ourselves. Sometimes we need to be like David and, 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 and praise the Lord even in the negative situations in life. And we need to build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, exhorting ourselves. You also you can convict other people. You can rebuke other people uh, that, that, you know, rebuke what they do. And you can exhort. But, but basically, this is for us. Amen. Then he says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. There's going to be many people out here, you know, as you think about it, you know, some people think that probably most people problem in this faith walk is ignorance of the word of God. Would you would you would you agree with that? They don't know what the word of God says. So how can they act on it? If you don't know what God's word says about a particular subject, you cannot act on it. You cannot have faith in that area. But, but, you know, that, se- that seems to be possibly one of the biggest problems. But there is another problem, and some people don't want to hear truth. Am I preaching today? Am I preaching to the choir? Some people don't want to hear truth. Why? Because it will make them responsible. Amen. It will bring responsibility to us. It will, if we hear the truth, then we're going to have to do something with the truth. Amen. So some people don't want to hear the truth. Some people don't. They, they don't want to hear truth. They just want to hear something that will itch their ears. The Bible says here, for, for the time will come when they will in, not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heed up themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And, you know, I'm going to say this. You are in a word church. And, 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 and when I preach the word, there's going to be some responsibility you're going to have to take. Amen. Amen. I don't preach a message where everything that God is just taking care of everything and you don't have to do anything. I call that no fault religion. Amen. Amen. Well, God just takes care of everything. And, I, you know, if, if, if things are going to go well, then God's all behind it. If they're going to go bad, God's behind it. I'm just, just kind of in the process. Case, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. Amen. Now, yeah, yeah. case, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, that's Doris Day. Uh, but, uh, but, but life is not case, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. No, there's something that we have to do. He says, he says well, you've got to be watchful in all things. He says, you have to endure inf- afflictions to do the, work, do the work of the evangelist. And he says, fulfill your ministry. So what do we need to do? We need to be watchful in all things. We need to endure in afflictions. Why? Because we are not in heaven yet. There's going to be problems that's going to come our way. Just yesterday, my, my wife was doing laundry. And, and she gave me a call and she said, the, the dryer has stopped working. And I'm like, oh my Lord, the devil's after us. Amen. But, you know, it, but, but Yin just kind of brought some balance to me and not everything's the devil. And she said, well, we own a house and things do break down. I said, that's right. They do, don't they? And so and so and so it's not always the devil. Sometimes it's just life. 
Sometimes life just comes in and, and things break down. Have you noticed your body's not always acting the right way at times? I'm 57 years old and, I'm, and I know I don't look at glory to God. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. But I, I find myself get, getting up out of a chair and, and hurting a little bit. Like, ah. Amen. And I, you know, I don't know if anybody, does anybody know up in age when you're sitting down for a while and you get up, ah. Has anybody been there? And, uh, but Paul said that the body does perish. But the inward man is renewed day by day. Yes, we are in corruptible bodies. We're not in heaven yet. And our bodies are subject to the elements of this world. Believe it or not. And you're going to get up sometimes. Ah, But you know what? That should remind you. And that should encourage you. That there's going to be a day where Jesus is going to split the eastern sky. And that our bodies are going to be transformed in a twinkling of an eye. And that we're not going to ever have to worry about these corruptible bodies anymore. That's going to be a great day. And it could be tonight. Anybody believe that Jesus is coming back? Then get ready. Amen. I'm ready for him to return. Glory to God. But there's still some work to be done. Amen. And then Paul says to to Timothy, he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering at the time of my departure is at hand. We're all moving towards the day of our departure. If Jesus tarries, we're all going to come to that fateful day where we're going to have our final days here on earth and we're going to be ready for our departure. We're heading towards it. Amen. And so when Paul says this at the end, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. That's really should be our decree in our last days on earth. When, we, when we're at our final day, we should be saying, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all those who love his appearing. How many people love God and, want, and desire to see Jesus come back. I love His appearing, glory to God. So we got to have this testimony, not just in the last day that we live. You know, some people say, well, you know, I'll get God in my life when, when, I, when, I, when I sow my wild oats on my last days. You may not have a chance. Who says that you want God on your last day if you don't serve Him today? Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. If you don't start serving God today, you may not want him on your last day. But you got to start serving God today. You got to fight the good fight today. You got to continue to run your race today. You got to continue to keep the faith. Why? Why did he say keep the faith? Because the devil's trying to steal faith from us. The devil's trying to get us to doubt God's goodness in our lives. Doubt God's best 
for our lives. Now let's look back at 1 Timothy 6 and 12 and discover, let's discover how to fight this good fight of faith. How many people want to discover how to fight this good fight of faith? I do. And in Timothy, let's look at this again. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you are also called and confess a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Amen. So, 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 so we see here that, that we have to, uh, we have to uh, fight the good fight. Lay hold on eternal life, glory to God. And we have to confess a good confession. Amen. If you're going to fight the good fight of faith, glory to God, you're going to have to learn, learn to hold on to the promises of God. Hold on to eternal life. What does that mean? To me, when I think about holding on, I think about a tug of war. Anybody ever seen a tug of war? Anybody ever been involved in a tug of war when you were kids? You get a rope and you, you're on one end. The group is on the other end and you're trying to pull one group into the mud. And what do you do? You plant your feet tight, you hold on and you pull. Why? Because there's a pull because the, 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 uh, the other team is trying to pull you. The other team is trying to pull you uh, into the mud. What is the devil trying to do? He's trying to do everything he can to pull on your faith. He's trying to pull you in to the mud of life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? He's trying, he's trying to pull the promises away from you. The enemy is trying to come against you and pull from you uh, the, 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 the goodness of God. Amen. And so we, we got to understand this, that we don't want to discount the fact that God will help us Pull, amen, and fight the good fight of faith, amen. And, uh, and the second thing we need to do is that we, we need to confess the good confession in the, in the presence of many witnesses. Somebody say confess the good confession. Not only do we have to hold on to the promises of God, but we need to learn to confess a good confession. Don't discount fighting your fight of faith without the good confession. God, listen, God is a speaking spirit. He created the world through his words. Our words are, 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 are powerful. And our words can change the circumstances in our life. Many people speak words, but, are there, but mostly their words are unproductive. And we don't want to speak, un they're just, just, just idle words. But when I speak words, I want to speak words of power. I want to speak the promises of God's word every day out of my lives. Why? Because again, the devil's trying to take those promises. Why? Through circumstances, through bad situations coming against us. Amen. In Matthew 12, 36 to 37, uh, this is Jesus speaking. He says, but I say to you that every idle word Men speak, they will give an account in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. So our words will either justify us or it will condemn us. It will either bring blessing in our life or it will bring curse in our life. 
And, and what we put in our hearts will come out of our mouths. Somebody tweet that. What you put in your heart will eventually come out of your mouth. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaks. Amen. Does it say leak? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. The heart speaks. Amen. And so, but, but your heart will leak out what you're meditating on. Amen. Am I preaching to anybody? In other words, what you're thinking on, if you're thinking about how bad the economy is, if you're thinking about how bad circumstances are, if you're thinking about that, guess what you're going to be doing? You're going to be meditating on it, and then you're going to be talking about it. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? No, we're going to trust God. That's what we're going to do. In Matthew 12, 35, Jesus says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So we see here that our heart is likened, you could say, to a bank account. And the money in the bank account, it's, it's likened to the word of God. Amen. And, and, and what, what, you're, what, what you do, what you deposit in your heart, you're going to be able to bring out. And what you've been meditating on, you're going to eventually speak. And what we want to speak is God's word out of our life. When we're squeezed, when life squeezes us, nothing but the word should come out. Can I get a uh, witness in the house today? So how do we fight the good fight of faith? We fight it with a good confession. Jesus overcame in the most difficult time in his life through, through using faith-filled words. We need to be father-pleasing, world-overcoming, faith-filled Christians. Can I get a witness today? Jesus was a, was a faith-pleasing, world-overcoming, uh, 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 mighty Hero for us, glory to God. Amen, I almost lost that. As a faith-pleasing, say I'm faith-pleasing. I'm father-pleasing. I'm world-overcoming. Child of God. Now let's look at 1 John 5, 4 and 5. It says here, for whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world our faith. And he, who is he who overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You are world overcomers. Can I get a witness now today? And why are you a world overcomer? Because you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That, now let's look at the Amplified of of, of 1 Timothy 6.12. It says, fight the good fight of faith in the conflict with evil, in brackets. Take hold of eternal life, which you were called, for which you made the good confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses. Glory to God. Now, I like this, that the devil's going to try to pull the, the, the word of God from us. Amen. But I'm going to say this, that if you got the word of God in your heart, in Jeremiah 1, 12, it says that God will watch over his word to perform it. So, so the word of God spoken out of your mouth, God will watch over it to cause it to come to pass in your life. Amen. Amen. Can I get a witness? And so, and so I love that about the Word of God, being planted in the heart, speaking faith-filled words. You need to be speaking faith-filled words every day. 
You need to be confessing faith-filled words over your families. You need to be confessing faith-filled words over your life. You need to be speaking faith-filled words over Exceed Life Church. Amen. Speak the word. That's what, G- that's what the centurion said to Jesus when the centurion had a problem with his, with his servant. He just said to Jesus, speak the word. Amen. And Jesus spoke the word and, and, his, and, and, and his servant was healed that very hour. So what am I saying to you this morning? I'm saying that you need to learn to speak the word in, in, in contrary circumstances in your life. We, we need to understand that the enemy is working against our confession. And he's trying to get us to speak what's going on in our lives. But you need to start speaking what you want God to do in your life. Don't, don't speak about the mountain. Speak to the mountains. Some of us are talking too much about the mountains in our life. We're focused too much on the mountains of the problems in our life. But you need to be focused on the the promises of God's word in your life. Amen. How do you do that? You submit to God. You resist the devil and what he will do. He will flee from you. Glory to God. Amen. You know, fight the good fight. Take hold of eternal life. Uh, Make a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, I'm talking to you about the power of words uh, on this subject this morning. In Revelation 1.16, let's look at this. This is really interesting. It says here, this is talking about Jesus. He's already glorified. This is in the book of Revelation. And, uh, and he's, uh, uh, this is a revelation to the Apostle John. And he, and he appears to the Apostle John. And he says here, uh, talking about Jesus. In Revelation 1.16, he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in strength. Notice that it says that Jesus, what came out of his mouth was a two-edged sword. Think about that. That's power. That's, that's deutimous power. A two-edged sword was one of the most powerful weapons in that day. And so, and so that is the way that, that Jesus uh, conducts his business, how he fights the good fight. In, in Revelation 2.16, just a chapter over that, it, Jesus says, Repent, or else I'll come to you quickly, and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. How does Jesus do fighting? He fights with the sword of his mouth. He doesn't fight with his fists. He doesn't fight with weapons, natural weapons. He fights with the word of, of his power. And his word of his power will, in the last day, will demolish his enemies. Can I get a witness in the house today? He's, he, he, his, what comes out of his mouth is a two Edged sword, glory to God. And we got to understand this. When we're speaking the word of God, it's a two-edged sword coming out of our mouth to cut out every negative thing in our lives. I love Revelation 12, 11. And this is how we overcome. This is how we fight the good fight of faith. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony And they did not love their lives unto the death. Glory to God. So so how do you overcome? You overcome because of the blood of the Lamb. 
And you overcome because of the word of your testimony. See, whenever the doctor gives me a bad report, I don't claim that report. I don't claim that as being mine. I call it the doctor's report. I don't claim what he's saying that I have. Uh, I don't claim that I have it. I claim that I have healing by the stripes of Jesus. I don't allow the, the negative doctor's report or how I feel to control what I say. Oh, I'm preaching today. I don't allow the pressure of the enemy putting on me because the enemy's trying to get you to say something. He's trying to get you to say something negative. He's trying to get you to say something that, 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 that he can move and work something negative in your life. So, 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 so what do we have to do? We got to make sure that we're not allowing him to pressure us into saying the negative things. I like what it says in Romans 10, 8 and 10. It said, what, what does it say? The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. See, I'm telling you right now, the solution to your problem is under your nose. Did you get it? Your mouth. The solution to your problem is under your nose, your mouth. You, you, somebody say, I'm quick. I'm sharp. I'm good looking. And I'm a major blessing. So, so the solution to our problem is... It's, it's out of the words that comes out of our mouth. So he says the word is near you. I'm going to say this. You're closer to your breakthrough than you think you are. You're closer to seeing the promise manifest in your life. Than you, it's nearer to you than you think. And, it, and it's in your mouth and your what? The word of faith which we preach. That is if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is a powerful scripture telling people how to get saved, how to come into the kingdom of God. That's a supernatural event. For us to get saved and become a new creation in Christ is supernatural. What about the lesser things in life that we believe God for? You know, what's lesser than being born again is getting healed. Getting healed is good, but getting born again is better. What's lesser than being born again is getting getting prosperity in your life. Money is good, but being saved is better. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It's supernatural. So so you could take these same scriptures and you you can confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the promise of God and and the, the, the little promises will surely come to pass in your lives. You believe that today? That's that's how you can receive a miracle in your life. You can receive a lesser miracle. A lesser miracle is healing than salvation. Amen. A lesser miracle, again, is prosperity uh, than salvation. Amen. But you can create 
your own universe by the words that you speak, glory to God. Now let's look at how Jesus had a good confession when he had all this pressure on him, when he was uh, in, 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 uh, getting ready to get crucified. It says, Pilate, in John 18, 33 to 37, we're going to be reading. It says, then Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? This is interesting to me. Uh, it didn't sound like that Jesus was a little, he wasn't nervous. Jesus was bold. He was saying, hey, did, 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 did you hear, did somebody tell you about, did somebody tell you about me uh, being a, a king? Uh, did you hear this from somebody else? Jesus was bold. And I'm telling you, when you start believing the word of God, it doesn't matter how much pressure is coming your way. You're going to be bold, glory to God. How come Jesus, see, Jesus was about ready to be crucified, and he wasn't afraid of being crucified. Why wasn't he afraid to be crucified? Because he crucified his flesh in the garden. And when you crucify your flesh in that time of prayer, and when you get time in the Word, and you get crucified in the flesh in your prayer time, then when the real time comes for you to be challenged in your faith, you're going to operate in the right way. You're not going to cower down in unbelief when the enemy comes against you to try to do something in your life. You're going to stand strong and bold and confess the word of God. Jesus was not intimidated. The battle is always won in the supernatural over the natural. Jesus won his battle in prayer. And we're going to win our battles when we spend time with God, praying, believing God. And then when we get that negative report, it's going to roll off us like water off of a duck's back. We're not going to allow that word to pull the, uh, that negative word to pull the word of God out of our lives. Let's continue in reading. It says here, Pilate uh, uh, answered. Uh, Pilate uh, was uh, in a place where he was getting, uh, you know, a little nervous. And Pilate answered, am I a Jew, your own nation? And the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? And this is, you have to be really ready. It would be like somebody talking to you and, and, and they, they notice that you're praying during lunchtime at work. And then somebody, maybe your boss is not a believer. And he may come to you and say, uh, I've noticed that you bring your Bible and, and you pray. Are you a Christian? And how are you going to respond? Affirmative. The boss that doesn't like Christians. Are you going to say, oh yeah, not today I'm not. You don't want me to bring my Bible? That's okay. No, no, no. You're going to say affirmative. Yes. Yeah, and then he's saying, Pilate never says to him, are you then a king? Are you a Christian? And your word should be yes and amen. I am a Christian and I'm proud of it. And the enemy will try to get you to cower down and, just, and to cower down before the world and, to, get the, and to bow down to the world's opinion. Yes, I'm a Christian and I'm proud of it. Glory to God. And Jesus answered, saying rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born 
And for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice, glory to God. So, so we see here that, that Jesus actually said that he was a king. And you, that was going against Caesar. He was basically signing his death warrant right there. He was, he was bold before Pilate. Pilate was an arrogant leader that could take you out if just any time he wanted. He could have anybody killed at a drop of a hat. And Jesus wasn't flinching in the face of Pilate. Now, Pilate was uh, already scourged Jesus, and we're going to go down to John 19, 10, 11. And, 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 and Pilate got some reports that Jesus could be the Son of God. And then Pilate got a report from his wife that she had a bad dream. And said, it had nothing to do with that righteous man. <laughs> and Pilate, what happened was, Pilate was bold at one moment. Now he's kind of shaking in his boots. I'm going to say your enemies might be bold at one time, but when you start standing on the Word of God, start confessing the Word of God, your enemies will start getting nervous about who you are. Oh, I'm preaching today. In other words, they will start saying, Ooh, man, they will start honoring you, amen, instead of criticizing you. When you start walking with God, pretty soon they'll be coming up to you and asking you to pray for them. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? They will be drawn to you because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Your unflinching, unwavering faith in Jesus Christ. And then Pilate said to him, are you not speaking to me? Because he started talking to Jesus and Jesus didn't say a word. Do you not know that I have the power to crucify you and the power to release you? And, and Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me. I'm going to say this to you today. Uh, depression has no power over you and cannot come against you. Why? Because God is for you. I'm going to say this. Sickness has no power over you. Amen. Because God is for you. I'm going to say this, that, that any negative thing has no power over you. Why? Because you believe God. The enemy will always try to intimidate us. He will always try to, like, like, like Pontius Pilate. And Jesus said that, that really you have no power but what God gives you. Amen. Amen. And what we allow the devil to do in our lives. Sickness has no power. Poverty has no power. We need to start confessing the word of God and the promises of God over every circumstance, every, every situation. Don't allow the enemy to, to get you to say the wrong things to, out of, out of uh, emotion or flesh, glory to God. No, no, as you meditate on the word of God and you keep it in your heart, eventually when the enemy comes against you, you will be able to speak the promises of God's word in the face of great defeat. And you will become a victor and not a victim. You will become triumphant and you won't be trampled on. You will be a conqueror and you will not be uh, conquered. Did, did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Lord God, that you're raising up a people that, that are mighty in faith. I thank you, Father God, that you're raising up people that's going to speak your word. They're going to speak the light of your word in every dark area in their lives. And I thank you, Father God, that you're raising up faith fighters in Exceed Life Church. 
We will not back down. We will not back off. We will not let go of the promises of the word of God. And I thank you, Father God, that you are doing great and mighty things. We believe, Father God, that you are bringing increase and blessing to the people of Exceed Life Church. And Father, I thank you for those that are listening, those that are watching. And if you have never made a declaration of Jesus being your Lord and Savior, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. So as Romans 12, as Romans 10, 8 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you can be saved. So I want you to pray this simple prayer and mean it in your heart today. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.